This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 585 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Eco Gold, high performance saddle pads and protective boots for your equine athlete. Greetings, horse folks. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from Dr. Jenny Johnson, who runs Oak Hill Shockwave and Veterinary Chiropractic, based in Calabasas, California. Committed to the maintenance of performance horses as well as family pets, she strives to keep the animals at their peak health through the use of shockwave therapy and chiropractic care. Today's tip is about physiology modifiers used in joint therapy. This tip is an excerpt from the Jumping Radio Show hosted by Chris Stafford here on the Horse Radio Network, and it comes with a science content warning. But first, a word about today's sponsor, EcoGold. EcoGold is the leader in high-tech problem-solving saddle pads and horse boots. And how do they do it? Science. EcoGold uses different technologies and materials to solve different issues. Innovation for EcoGold means dumping the old-fashioned one-size-fits-all mentality. They've developed five different lines of saddle pads to address the most important issues for our equine athletes. Friction, stability, fit, security, and comfort. And EcoGold knows your equipment needs to be user-friendly as well as effective, so their products are stylish and easy to care for. And they're made in their own factory in Montreal, Canada, so you can be sure the materials and workmanship are the absolute best. Ask for EcoGold saddle pads, protective boots, and coolers by name at your local tax store, or visit them online at ecogold.ca. Now, enjoy today's tip. Well, today we're going to be talking about physiology modifiers. And uh, a number of these products are uh, products that most of our listeners are probably familiar with. They're used intraarticularly or within the joint. And they include hyaluronin, which is also referred to as HA or hyaluronic acid. Uh, polysulfated glycosaminoglycan, which is also known as adequan. And then the third one we'll talk about will be uh, tilludronate, which is known as Tilburn. And these products, as I said, they fall into the category of physiology modifiers, and they're meant to influence cells within the musculoskeletal system. So the first one I'm going to talk about is hyaluronan, or hyaluronic acid, which is commonly used intraarticularly or within the joints. It's been used and studied in horses and in humans since the 1970s. And most preparations are at a 1% concentration of hyaluronin. The molecular weight varies considerably between products, and that's something that we'll talk about in a few minutes here um, in, in terms of the studies that have been done to, that have somewhat conflicting results. Uh, but in any event, the, they measure the molecular weight in Dalton's, and just to give our listeners an idea of the variation, they range from 500,000 to 6 million Daltons uh, in molecular weight. So that's, that's a fairly large range. Now, hyaluronin has been shown to interact with a specific receptor in the joint to modulate the cell proliferation, the migration of cells, and also gene expression. It's been shown to decrease the pro-inflammatory mediators 
and it's also been shown to decrease the pain-producing neuropeptides that are common in joint uh, in joints and lead to disease frequently. I want to talk a little bit about some of the studies that have been done. Some of the studies have been done what's called in vitro, which means the study is basically done in a laboratory, not in a live animal. And then some of the studies have been done in vivo, which would be in a living animal. Now, the in vitro studies or the lab studies, some of those have shown a positive effect on cartilage. It's also shown a, a, a decrease in one of the uh, prostaglandins that's in, that plays a key role in the inflammatory process. And it's also um, been shown in the in vitro studies that the low and, molecu- low and medium molecular weight products were not as effective as the high molecular weight products. And in, in the laboratory studies, actually showed that those increased the inflammation uh, present in the, in the model. Now, we'll talk about that difference uh, a little bit. It's also in the in vitro studies showed that, that uh, hyaluronin worked well when used in combination with steroids. Now, interestingly, in these in vitro studies, it also showed that it had the hyaluronin had very little effect against steroid-induced cartilage damage. So kind of a little tricky point there. They can, the hyaluronin can be useful when used with appropriate steroids in the joint, but if you're trying to treat cartilage damage that's caused by steroids, then it seems, at least in the laboratory studies, to not have a significant effect on that. Now, it has been shown to decrease the shear strain after an injury and probably, therefore, leading to a decrease in the post-injury trauma. And, again, like I said, it's shown to have a positive effect when it's combined with steroids in uh, treating joints. Now, in vivo, in the actual studies involving the live animals, talking about the molecular weight issue, there has not been shown to be any significant difference between the low molecular weight and the high molecular weight. And there's been several studies in the, you know, the live animal model that have, have not shown any significant difference there. So early on, I think there was a great deal of um, importance attached to using high molecular weight products. I think that that, has, that emphasis has been decreased in recent years, although I think there's still a tendency among, among clinicians to, to um, want to use the higher molecular weight products if possible. They tend to be a bit more expensive than the lower molecular weights, but I think there's a perception clinically that they may provide a more effective uh, result. All of the various studies on hyaluronin have shown that there is significant improvement administering uh, hyaluronic acid or hyaluronin to the horse. Now, it's also been shown um, in a couple of several studies in the horse that it will decrease cartilage damage and will actually have a protective effect on cartilage and also potentially can decrease lameness. It's also been shown to be effective or beneficial when it's given systemically or given intravenously. In those studies, it's been shown to both decrease lameness and decrease inflammation. Now, interestingly, in humans, there's a significant and, and variable rate of local reactions. In humans, their local reaction rate can vary from 7 to 53%. Now, that's a pretty big range, and so I think it's the use in humans is not as common as it is in, in veterinary medicine. Um, there, there haven't been any reports on the reaction rates in horses, but I, I don't think it would be nearly that high. Now, hyaluronin can also be administered orally, and there have been ongoing questions about 
the oral absorption of hyaluronin products, uh, as well as the efficacy. And that, I think, will continue, that debate will continue to go on. There has been at least one study that's shown that it, it appeared to be effective. There was a study done with 24 yearlings that had Hawk OCD lesions, and these horses were treated with 100 milligrams per day of oral hyaluronin for 30 days, and those horses did show a significant reduction in joint effusion or swelling uh, compared with those that, that were not treated. So overall, the hyaluronin in general, both the intra-articularly administered, the intravenous uh, preparation, as well as potentially the oral, the oral products, it does appear that it's fairly effective in treating horses with joint disease and in decreasing articular cartilage degradation. And I think, again, most of our listeners are probably quite familiar with it. It's, it's fairly widely used uh, in clinical practice. Now, the next modifier that I'm going to talk about is polysulfated glycosaminoglycan, a mouthful, commonly abbreviated as PSGAG, and more commonly known as Adequan. Uh, Adequan is widely used. Again, it's, it's widely used both intraarticularly and intramuscularly, although I would say probably much more widely used intramuscularly at this point. Um, and again, in the laboratory studies, it's been shown to stimulate cartilage synthesis and to decrease the inflammatory mediators. The studies in the horse, uh, in the live horse, have been somewhat variable. One study showed no significant difference compared to controls when you had an osteochondral defect or a, a, some type of defect in the cartilage. But another study that had actually a, a bony cartilage fragment showed that it significantly decreased the swelling in the joint and decrease other um, indicators of cartilage disease. And another study did show that it decreased lameness compared to giving a placebo. I think clinically, there's not much question that Adequan is thought to be very effective. Uh, in some cases, I think it's, more, it, it's thought to be more effective than hyaluronic acid for subacute lesions or injuries that are more chronic as opposed to something that's acute onset. And I think in general, the hyaluronic acid uh, may be perceived to be better uh, in the acute stages of joint disease. Now, the third physiology modifier that I'm going to talk about is a product called tilludronate, and that is a newer entry onto the scene, more commonly known as Tildren. Now, Tildren is a, a biphosphonate compound. It's meant to inhibit osteoclastic function, and what that means is osteoclasts would be cells that break down bone, and they would be present in certain conditions where you have bone loss, um, sometimes from disuse or sometimes from a pathologic condition going on in the bone. So it's felt that the use of tilludronate or children can help inhibit that activity. And also is thought to have a mild anti-inflammatory effect. It's, it's been used in horses over the last 10 years, probably more so in Europe than here. Originally, uh, it was given at a, low, a fairly low dose every day for 10 days. Now we've gone to giving it uh, in a single dose, usually diluted in a, a liter of fluids given intravenously over a, about a 30-minute period. Usually uh, those horses will also be pre-treated with banamine because there was an early study that showed a, a low, incidence, low incidence of mild colic in some horses. So this product is a bit different in that the, in the, than the other products I've spoken about in that this is 
given intravenously only. The hyaluronin could be given in the joint or intravenously or even orally. And the adequan can be given uh, in the joint or intramuscularly, whereas this, the children is just given intravenously. Now, you know, there are a number of studies that have been done on children. One indicates that it is potentially bone sparing, and that study was done in horses that had a lower limb cast on one leg, which typically, because they're not using that leg, they would have um, a loss of bone density. And in this particular study, it was shown that the horses treated with tilodronate did not have as much of um, loss of bone density as those that were not treated. And then there have been three other studies that have kind of led to the justification of using it clinically. There was one study that um, showed that it improved lameness in horses with navicular disease, especially those that had an acute onset of lameness. There was another study where horses that had lesions of the uh, vertebral cartilage in the thoracolumbar area uh, had an improved, had a significant improvement in their ability to dorsiflex. In other words, their ability to round through the thoracolumbar region, which would be the area behind the saddle and uh, in front of the pelvis. And that is obviously important in both dressage horses and jumping horses. And then there's another study that showed that children or tilodrona used in conjunction with a strict exercise regime uh, improved horses that had clinical evidence of bone spavin or uh, hock arthritis. So it certainly looks like there's some indication, some well-documented indication for using children, at least in those uh, scenarios. I think we'll learn more about uh, teledronate over the years that come. It's, again, like I said, a fairly new entry onto the scene. And I think as time goes on, we'll learn more about um, its use and, and where it's most effective. So overall, I think, you know, it's safe to say that the physiology modifiers appear to be clinically quite useful for joint disease. Usually, the veterinarian, uh, an animal's individual veterinarian, will design a personalized program for each horse as to how to use these uh, products, whether they use them in combination, whether they use uh, one over the other, or um, what the protocol will be is fairly individualized. Uh, both the hyaluronins and the, the adequan have, have been used both as a preventative and also as a treatment for joint disease. In the case of the hyaluronins, I would say that would typically be the intravenous preparation of the hyaluronic acid, which is named legend. So I think probably most of our listeners are familiar with, um, certainly anyone competing is probably familiar with the practice of using either legend and or adequan as a preventative for joint disease, and it can help uh, help our horses to maintain a, a high level of comfort and, and be able to do their job well. So there's always some ongoing change in the joints in competitive horses because they're, they're asked to do quite a bit. I would say, you know, as we talked about, the hyaluronic acid is usually used more for synovitis or inflammation in the joint and more of the acute onset of problems, particularly when it's used intra-articularly or within the joint. And the adequan is many times used for more of the chronic conditions uh, particularly those involving cartilage damage. And then, as I said, with children, we're still really learning where the best applications of um, use for that product would fall. So I think that, that kind of covers what I wanted to talk about today and, uh, you know, talk about physiology modifiers. And uh, hopefully it's provided some good information for our listeners and, and at least provide a little bit of background to some of the products that they hear about on a regular basis. 
Well, there you go. I warned you about the science content. There was a great deal of information compacted into a very small amount of time. I think I'm going to go back and listen to that tip a couple of more times before I'm going to absorb it all. To listen to more tips from Dr. Jenny Johnson, go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. You can also go to jumpingradio.com and listen to more episodes of the Jumping Radio Show hosted by Chris Stafford. She's got a wonderful array of jumping famous persons and jumping less than famous persons. It's a fascinating show. You should tune into it, jumpingradio.com. Don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they really do make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been Eco Gold. Ask for Eco Gold high performance saddle pads and protective boots by name at your local tax supplier or visit them online at ecogold.ca. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like us to cover on the show. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zoom and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zoom, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.